Uh, jumping in here and doing such a great job tonight. She really did a good good job, didn't she? Praise the Lord. I appreciate that. Uh, outstanding job. All right. Uh, I want you to go to Numbers, Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 1, and then we'll, uh, we'll just begin there at verse 1. Yeah, Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, it says, When the people complained... It displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. Uh, first thing we, we need to realize is that uh, when we're griping and complaining, uh, God does hear it. You know, sometimes we just, we, we feel like things aren't, God's not around and God's not hearing, but he's hearing it. And so we want to we realize that. But it says, <clears throat> and his anger was kindled. So that's not a good thing. And the fire of the Lord burnt among, among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tabarah, and because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude which was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. And the manna was as a coriander seed, and the color thereof was uh, as the color of uh, bedillum. And the, the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills and beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. And then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. Now, this is a, a, a kind of a, it's a fairly well-known passage of Scripture. And we know a lot, of, a lot of preaching is done about, I suppose, about the complaining of the people after they've seen such miracles. But with Thanksgiving coming on, it's just a kind of a, a topic. I don't always do this, but my mind and my heart was on this, this thought, why we lose our spirit of thankfulness. What causes us to lose our spirit of thankfulness? You know, we'll, we just get along in life a lot better if we're just appreciative of things. You know, if you just appreciate what's done for you, appreciate what God does for you, appreciate what others do for you, I, I promise you, if you walked up here and handed me $20, I'd appreciate it. Amen? Some of you look like you don't believe me. Just, just, just try me, amen? And I'll, I'll, I'll appreciate you even more with $100. So the, uh, but, you know, why do we lose our spirit of thankfulness? And, and we see in this passage, it's a very important passage, but very unique. But we'll, I have a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, I pray that you're blessed tonight, Holy Spirit of God. I yield myself to Thee. Lord, thank You for, again, uh, what I call kind of a home away from home, uh, the church. Lord, I thank You for a family that we have here at the church. Lord, I thank You for the, the love and the laughter and the enjoyment that we have. But Lord, thank You too that You have this institution called the church where we can learn and we can be exhorted and we can be reproved and we can be rebuked even if we need it. Lord, where we can learn and we can grow. 
And Father, I pray now that you would flow through me and you'd speak through me and that, that only the truth that you'd want known that would be spoken tonight. And, and Lord, that it would be delivered in a way that people would understand and, and accept. And, and Father, I pray that please that you direct my mind. I yield myself to your presence and your power and ask you to turn back every evil that might try to stop anything or intervene or bring confusion or doubt here tonight. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. We grow accustomed to our blessings. That's a huge reason we lose our thankfulness. We grow accustomed to our blessings. We take them for granted. We do not appreciate them or the one who gave them. You know, if you just sit and think about it for a moment, I mean, what happens to us is sometimes we just lose sight of how blessed we are. You know, again, you know uh, Josh got, just got back from Africa, but, but it is amazing how, how people feel blessed out in those villages and tell you that they've been blessed and tell you that God has been good and appreciative. And you come in uh, in January, we'll do, it'll be a late, but it'll be a Christmas crusade when we go to the village there and we'll take normally, and I don't know that we're going to be able to do it this year, but normally we'll take uh, salt and, and soap and candy uh, to them, and, and Mike teaches about what each represents, but just a little bar of soap and just a little bag of salt and, and just a little few pieces of candy that, that some family might get. And, oh, they're so appreciative of those things. But, you know, we have so much, and we just get so accustomed to it, and it just becomes so normal that we take it for granted. I felt for a long time that one of the, the particular temptations that I, I believe that's really hurting us, uh, and, it's the, and it's honestly of maturing Christians. It's not the weak Christian, young Christian, but, but the maturing Christian is the danger of getting accustomed to the blessings of God. It's, it's God doing so much that you stop saying after it happens, thank you, Lord. When you stop, or when you, look, listen, when you are no longer amazed, and I joke about the $20, but you're no longer amazed when somebody walks up or you get something, when it's put in your hand, and you think, oh my goodness, that means so much. I mean, God knew what I needed, and he, and he gave me $20, and, and you know, that means so much. Well, it ought to still mean so much if you got $10,000 in the bank and somehow God does something like that. You think, well, it's just $20. No, it's a blessing of God. And you say, well, why would God even give it to me if I had money in the bank? He might give it to you so that you can give it to somebody. I don't know how many times God has put stuff in, our, in my hands and, and it doesn't even have time to warm up in my pocket before I'm putting it in somebody else's. And I'm telling you, that's sort of tough sometimes. Somebody puts a $100 bill in your hand, and you put it in your pocket, and you think, Woo! And then you're not even, you know, five minutes later, and you realize the Holy Spirit's saying, What you going to do with it? And you're saying, What? <laughs> well, that person needs it more than you do. What'd you say? <laughs> but you got to hand it over and watch this, if you will, I'm telling you, God will just bring more. But I felt for a long time that this is one of the, the, the problems that we have. And listen, I'm not saying to you, I'm saying to me. This is something I've got to be careful of. The blessings of God, they become too normal. 
It's like the world traveler who's been everywhere and seen everything. The maturing Christian is in danger of taking his blessings for granted and getting so accustomed to them that they'll fail to excite him as they once did. You know, my old preacher, he used to, he used to tell married couples, don't go on these, these you know, cruises and go to these great places and go to Hawaii on your honeymoon. He said, don't do that. Save something for later. Save something to look forward to. You're hoping over there, Rochelle? You're hoping he's been saving it, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah, he is. It's called the 50th anniversary. So. Emerson said that if the stars came out only once a year, everybody would stay up all night to behold them. But it, they come out beautifully. When's the last time you walked out and looked at them? At last night I was walking and I, and I thanked the Lord because I was able to see more stars last night than normal. That's one of the things I kind of miss here. There's just so many lights uh, around where we are that you, they're just not bright. and You don't see the constellations. You don't see everything like you, like you normally do. And, and, and I, it, it was just a blessing. Last night for some reason it seemed like more out and it was just more bright last night. You know, I, I remember, John remembered this, I remember the first time uh, that we as college students got on a bus and going to Colorado to go skin. And, and you're riding on that Greyhound bus with a bunch of other college students, and, all, and then I don't know how it is, but I'm just sitting there, and I was up there standing talking to the driver when we came around some big bend, and it's like everything opened up. You couldn't see them before now, but now you saw the snow-covered Rocky Mountains. I couldn't hardly breathe. I mean, I was just a country boy. I'd never seen this before. I was blown away. I just could not believe that they, the beauty of it, and I couldn't believe that I was about to be coming down one of those things. And I did come down it in all manner of ways. <laughs> the very first time I, I, I went, I went to these guys, and, and, and I... Uh, man, I, I barely was trying to get my skis on and figure out how to get on the lift. And they said, we'll teach you. And they took me up to a, what you call a black diamond. Anybody, anybody ever skied? They took me to a black diamond. That's where I started, folks, a black diamond. Two hours later, I made it to the bottom. Two it ought to take you about 10 minutes. Two hours later. Amen. But it sure made those greens look easy. So... But I, re I just remembered I was amazed. My, my, you know, I really, I, I want, and if I was able to go back, I, I would I'd like to believe that if I was able to go back there, and I may never see it again, but I, if I was able to start driving back there and come around that same pass and see those snow-covered mountains, I'd love to have that same feeling again. The same appreciation, that same awe that comes into your heart. The Israelites in the wilderness got accustomed to their blessings, and God had to chasten the people. We just read this in chapter 11. God had fed the nation with heavenly manna each morning, and yet the people were getting tired of it. Do you understand this? A miraculous blessing they saw every morning. You know that we see a blessing every morning. The fact that you wake up is a blessing every morning. Hey, the fact that we're in America and we, we wake up to a hot shower every morning. That hot shower is a blessing to you and me. It's a blessing. 
But now our, well, here's what they say though, but now our whole being is dried up. They, they said there's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. I, I can't even, that, that, that statement just amazes me. Nothing but this manna. Why don't they just say nothing but this miracle? Nothing but the only food we have to eat, and if we didn't have it, we'd be starving. Nothing but manna. One of the evidences that we've grown accustomed to our blessing, listen, if you're wondering if you've grown accustomed to your blessing, is when we're lacking in thankfulness and when we have a spirit of criticism and complaining especially while experiencing the miracle provision of God. God has been so good to us, and he blesses us in such a miraculous way. And, 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 and again, I wish, I wish everybody could go to a mission field, but we are so blessed in this nation. So blessed. Yeah, we'll gripe about it. You know, I... I had to check myself today because we, uh, we called Brooke on the way home. We found out we got away from here about 1.30, and, and I called Brooke to find out, you know, what do you feel like eating? And, and, and you know, with her, you know, th- that uh, it's that, that woman-baby thing. You know, I mean, it, for a while it was sardines and cottage cheese. Whew. And then, but today she said, I, you know, I think I'd like a hamburger. So I said, okay, we'll pull into Burger King. It's the only Burger King in the world that gives you special order cold hamburgers. And, and, and I wanted mustard and ketchup on mine, and, it, and it's the only hamburger I've ever seen that had red mustard. Uh, because it, that's about all it was. It was about a little blob of mustard and had a little bit of red in that mustard. And, and, and you know, you start to gripe about it. No, I didn't. Joe Beth did. But the, uh, <laughs> but you, and I, I brought it in, unwrapped it, handed it to Brooke. And, and then I unwrapped it, and I realized, I said, baby, is your hamburger cold? And she said, well, yeah, Daddy, it is. And I'm getting frustrated that you go in there and buy a, a hamburger at a, at a Burger King, and it's cold. But, you know, the truth is, there's a, there's a whole lot of people that just love to have a hamburger, period, once in their life. Where we go to those villages, they've never even seen one. They're eating some little bitty fish that they fish out of that lake and they eat it whole. Now, it's not that, I mean, we're so blessed, all you have to do is walk over to the microwave, put it in there for 25 seconds, and the problem's solved. But we're griping and complaining. Instead of thanking God for what we have, we complain and tell Him we wish we had something else. That's what they're doing. Instead of thanking God for the manna that came down, they're complaining and saying to the Lord, we, we, we want meat. 
Why do we have to? All we have is this manna. We can have the garlics and whatever leek is. We can have leeks. All of that sounds nasty in itself. But, but now you can be sure that if God did give us what we asked for, we would eventually complain about that too. That's where the problem is. No matter what God gives us, we're going to end up, if we're complaining, people are going to end up complaining anyway. The per- person who's gotten accustomed to his blessings can never be satisfied. Did you know that? This brings us up to the next reason for unthankfulness. It's what I call insatiable desire. Numbers eleven thirteen says, Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. They got manna. They're being fed. They're eating you know, okay, it, it's oatmeal, it's grits, but hey, you know, but we got to have meat. I got to have meat. I got to have something else. This is not good enough. And it's, it's an insatiable desire, and an insatiable desire can never be fulfilled. Therefore, you can never be fulfilled by attempting to satisfy that which is insatiable. You can never, look, you, you say, well, if I just had, that's not enough. If I had a little bit more, no, that's not enough. No matter what you get, it's never good enough. A person who is not satisfied with the blessings he has will never be satisfied, though he gets. You understand? You can get what you want, but if it, it, you'll never be satisfied with it until you're satisfied with what you had in the first place. Another evidence of lack of thankfulness is the idea that others have a better situation than we do. And here in America, you know, it's, 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 we, we, it's a tough thing. And, and I kind of, you know, I've had to t- talk to my kids, you know, over in the mission field. And sometimes I say, you know, it's just we're in two different worlds. And, and you know, because, uh, you know, they got nothing over there and, and living off of nothing. And, and then here, uh, you know, every once in a while, some of us, we're a little complaining because, you know, our power went out for two hours. And they've been over there for three days without power. And, you know, it, it, you, you, but you, you compare yourself with yourself. You know, if you're living with somebody and, and, and it, the per, people on the right of you got a new car and the people on the left of you a new car and yours is about to fall apart, it gets frustrating. Hello? Nobody else got a car about to fall apart. I was trying to drive my little truck one more time. I had to put water in it to come to church. I had to put water in it to go back home. And so I put water in, had everything ready because I can make it all the way back before it runs out of the water. And I'm not sure why it's running out of the water, but when you put it in, you crank it up, it comes out the wrong way. And so I started driving it. And then I got about two-thirds way home, and all of a sudden the thing jerked, and I realized that my, what, what is that, serpentine belt? It had come off. So I had, you know, nothing now. I had no power, no generator, no whatever, you know, alternator. I had nothing, no steering. And I, I'm fighting the thing all the way home, and it's, and I'm doing this all the way home. And I get home, and I'm so stinking frustrated. I wish I'd get this thing fixed. I'll be thankful I got one card so we can go someplace. Hello? It's me, it's you, it's everybody. Numbers, Numbers chapter 11 says this. Verse 5 and 6 says, We remember the fish we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. 
But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. The Israelites remembered all the wonderful things the Egyptians had. And they wanted what the Egyptians had. You know, that's one of the key, you know, the, the Ten Commandments. We're not to, to covet what other people have. And that's because, listen, you know why God does it? We think that the Ten Commandments are just a bunch of things that are telling us things that we can't do. That's the way this, this Christian world is today. Oh, I don't like these rules that tell me I can't do something. Do you understand thou shalt not covet is a blessing to us? Because we're going to live miserable as long as we're always wanting what somebody else has. We just live in torment. We live miserable. And God said, don't do that and you'll be happy. Are y'all okay tonight? I'm trying to make you feel better. And I would make you, you'd feel so much better if you, you didn't have anything. So just give it to me. You see, it's so weird. These people in Egypt, they, they felt were so much better off than they were. And what's amazing is they were willing in order to have it, they had to understand that in order to have it back, they had to go back into slavery. They had forgotten the slavery that had endured in Egypt and the terrible bondage from which God had delivered them. Even that, why weren't they thankful? You know, if they were thankful for every day uh, for being delivered, they wouldn't have been considered about going, to, going back. And if we're thankful for every day for what we've been given, you know what, we're not really worried about what somebody else has. And the truth is, if you can cross over and be thankful that somebody else has what they have. Amen. I almost started to say has what they has. That's okay too. You know, slavery is a high price to pay for a change in diet. And that's what they were, they were asking because their mind, in their mind the grass was greener on the other side. Got to go get it. It's so much better there. The fourth sign of unthankfulness is the martyr syndrome. Verse 9 says this, And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it, then Moses, it's so amazing, the dew fell, the manna fell upon it. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. The manna falls one more time, and they're crying because woe is us. Woe is me. We got to eat this stuff again tonight. This is all we have. I'm sick of it. Anybody ever eaten anything to the point you just, you loved it, but now you don't like it anymore? Are you ready? I don't know how old I was. I don't know when it was, but somewhere along the way, my mama made some spaghetti. I almost said like the kids did, buschetti. And the, but I almost, I, I ate so much of it that I started throwing up. And you know, it was only about 10 years ago that I could eat spaghetti. And even now, I kind of hesitate. That has nothing to do with my wife's cooking. But, the, uh, but you know, I, I just ate so much of it. I couldn't, and, and, you know, these people, they felt like we've just eaten some. I can't stand it anymore. I don't want it anymore. You know, it's amazing to me. Here's what's the patience and grace of God. God said, okay, I'll send you meat. 
You're not going to eat for a day or two. You're going to eat for a long time. You know, it had been me, I would say, you don't like it? Okay, no more. Try eating sand for a while. But it's the poor me. It always happens to me. It's all about me. These people were witness to a miracle of God, but were so self-absorbed that they didn't see the miracle of God. They went to their homes and cried because they were so mistreated and had to, had to suffer so severely. Today is part of the, the season of of Thanksgiving, we call it. It's one of the, 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 the only, it really is the only pure uh, uh, holiday, so to speak, that we have in America. Uh, and now they're trying to, you know, with Black Friday, trying to steal that away from you. But, but it should remind us to be thankful. As the, the, the few days that we come, I, I hope you, you take some time on Wednesday and Wednesday night and Thursday and, and all day Thursday and Thursday and just stop somewhere along the way. And as you're looking at what's taking place here in the home, that you live in and the family that you're surrounded by, you ought to just stop and say, thank God. He's been so good to us. Folks, I don't know if it's the same for you as it is for me, but I love coming to church. I love coming here. I thank the Lord that he brought us here. I'm so excited about being here. I, I tell everybody where I go, I have more freedom to preaching here than any place I've ever been in my life. I thank God for that. We should determine to never, listen, number one, we should determine to never grow accustomed to our blessings. What has God done in your life that, that, folks, honestly, right now, is something you just need to say, you know what, thank God that God has blessed us and been so good to us in this area. And maybe tonight you have to kind of reset that, that, that thing inside of you that says, wait a minute, i got to remember and realize again, God has been so good and he is still so good. Anybody got somebody that, that you could thank God for? Anybody got something that you could just praise God for? Yes, yes. Amen. Yes, sir, Brother Roger. Amen. Anybody else? You got something to thank God for? Yes, ma'am. I can't believe it. Miss Johnny May. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Amen. 
Well, we're grateful that he helped you too, Ms. Johnny May, because you're a blessing to us. Brother Ben Singer. Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Yeah, we have. Yes, ma'am, Rochelle. Amen. And I thank God that I just by faith, I believe she's going to make me some Cajun food while she's here. <laughs> you know, God's been mighty good to all of us. He really has. We're blessed. We have love. We have family. We have a home right now, and we have a home forever. We have hope. We have the peace of God if we really understand what he's done for us. I'll do this quickly, but number two, we must set aside unquenchable, insatiable desire. If we would decide to be happy with what we have, we can find contentment. True contentment does not come from having what you desire, but rather from desiring what you have. You know, if you're just happy with what you got, then you're content. So if you get bigger and better after that, the bigger and better didn't make you content. You were already content. It's just a blessing. Number three, we must refuse to believe that the grass is greener on the other side. We must refuse to covet what others have, and you will not when you are true. You will covet what others have when you are truly thankful for what you do have. And it's not about what somebody has. It's about what God has given you. Number four, we must refuse to believe what we have is worse than anybody else's. We are not to compare ourselves with others. We are not to compare ourselves with what others have. Uh, you know, I once asked my dad, and, 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 and I, I was with him, and I can't remember how old I was, teenager probably, and I said, Dad, why is it that you, uh, uh, you know, you've worked with my uncle all these years, you work in the same business, you do the same thing, and they've got all these things. They got, they're so rich, and they got all this money, and they got you know, swimming pool, and they got trampoline, and they got motorcycles, and they got all this stuff, and we don't have nothing. And I can't tell you exactly what my daddy told me, but uh, but my dad said, first of all, he said, son, they, they don't have more than we do. They just have more bills. But then he looked at me, and he said, son, we don't have all those things but we have love. 
And you know, that's stuck in my brain all these years. And it's had a great influence on my, my family, the rearing of my family. It's not, about, it's not about what you have. It's about being happy with what you got. And that's why you're going to hear this to my dying day, but that's why I came to the point where I started telling people all over this world, we didn't always have everything everybody else had. But now, at 62, I've got everything everybody else always wanted. Everything that's important, I've got. And I'm not talking about one physical possession. I'm talking about my family, my loved ones. Think of this thought, and I'm done. As a Christian in this life, we have the promise of power and presence and provision of God. How can we be unhappy? In this life, we have the love of God. We are so blessed that we walk through, listen to this now, and this is really what the whole message is to me and reason God brought this, and I tried to develop it. But we are so blessed that we walk through this life holding hands with our loved ones. And in our last breath, we find our hand in the one who loves us. Do you understand how many people would love that? As I lay in the hospital bed a few years ago and honestly did not know from day to day whether I'd live and I was struggling to breathe, struggling to exist, and, and she'll tell you this. Joe Beth couldn't hardly go home just to take a shower. I just had to have her touch. Because if I could pass from love to love without hesitation, I could be content. Can't we be thankful for that? Most of us in here would not have what we have tonight as far as marriages or families or anything else if it wasn't for the blessing of God in our lives. And to know that I can pass from the hand of the one I love to the hand the one who loves me. That's enough right there to keep me thankful. And you may not even comprehend it, but I was just praying and that's what the Lord told me. He said, let me tell you something that you've never thought of that you ought to be thankful for. You have on this earth people who love you. And he said, and you First Corinthians 13 says, love never fails. And I suddenly understood what it really means. The love he has given us on this earth doesn't stop with death. It's instantaneous that love passes right through and continues. Let's be thankful for the goodness of God. Thankful 
for the blessings of God. And I'd like to, tonight, maybe we could just take a few moments. If, honestly, if you want something to be thankful of, again, if you, you know, I never know for sure, but if anybody's struggling with your eternal security, if you're struggling with the fact of whether you're going to heaven or not, I'm telling you, something you'd be thankful for is when you know 100% sure you're going to heaven. Boy, that's, that's something to be thankful for. And that's available tonight. That's available. But all of us that know for sure we're going to heaven, we ought to still be thankful. Thankful for all God has done for us. And he continues to do every day of our life. Every breath that we take. Father, I pray that you'd bless tonight. Lord, I pray that you might help us as a people to be thankful. And Lord, it's so easy.